What is happening, everybody? On today's show, some SEC defenses step up big this week. We'll give you our winners from the weekend out of SEC Week 3, and there was a lot of blame to go around in our Week 3 disappointments. Who made our list? Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's do our winners of the weekend. Winner. And now, your winners of the weekend. Real winners win. And we start with Georgia. What a statement win for anybody saying, yeah, Georgia was 2-0, and but you know, all they did was beat a bad Bo Nix with Oregon team and Samford. This was their first SEC game of the year, and this was as dominant as any game that they've played in recent years. The reigning national champs crushed South Carolina in their house 48-7 to on offense, Not only is their offensive line blocking dominant, but the tight ends and wide receivers blocking is on another level, too. Brian McClendon and Todd Hartley doing a great job of coaching their guys up. Georgia rushed for over 200 yards as a team. Brock Bowers, still the most difficult tight end in the country to defend. Five catches, 121 yards, two scores. And how about Stetson Bennett? 16 for 23, 284 yards, two touchdowns. Also was the leading rusher with 36 yards and a rushing score. He is the first player to open the season with three straight games, uh, 250 or more yards passing, and a rushing touchdown in all three games since Pat Mahomes did it in 2016 at Texas Tech. Through three weeks, Stetson Bennett has to be among the leaders in the Heisman voting. I would put him right up there if I had a ballot going right now. Look, we'll get to how bad South Carolina was a little bit later, but it was the Gamecocks' worst loss in 75 meetings with Georgia. This was as bad as it gets. Only thing for Georgia was with 53 seconds left in the game, South Carolina finally scored a touchdown. It was the first touchdown scored on Georgia's defense all season. And to be honest, it shouldn't happen, but it came in garbage time. Super impressive performance by the undisputed number one team in the country. Georgia looks like the number one team, and they'll keep this thing rolling. Another winner of the weekend, Big Will Anderson. Look, the first two weeks of the season, we've been waiting for that wow moment for Will Anderson, and he showed up in this one. I know it was Louisiana Monroe, but Will Anderson comes up with a big sack as well as a pick six where he basically looked like a big running back, hustling 25 yards uh, back for the return for the touchdown. Bama had four sacks in the game, but this is a game where maybe Will Anderson starts to stuff that stat sheet You know, he was a guy that a lot of people had as a Heisman uh, hopeful this year. But to win it on defense, man, you got to put up monster numbers. He hasn't done that as of yet, but he's starting to build the resume. A couple of sacks now, a pick six, a couple more big game-changing plays like this in in bigger games that Alabama plays in, and maybe Will Anderson's name will get thrown into the mix. But let's see what he does in the coming weeks. What a nice performance this week from Will Anderson at Alabama. 
Another winner of the weekend this week, the uh, Texas A&M defense. I think I mentioned a few times throughout last week that I fully expected a much greater effort from Texas A&M in this game against Miami. I know our buddy Billy Lucci at Texags kept saying it all week. Coming after a home loss to Appalachian State and making a change at quarterback and starting Max Johnson, we were going to see some different things in this game. But how about the A&M defense? They held the 13th-ranked Miami Hurricanes to just nine points as the Aggies won it 17-9. They did not record a sack. They didn't record an interception. All they did was hit hard on seemingly every tackle, and they held Miami to just 5-14 for on third downs. They kept quarterback Tyler Van Dyke out of the end zone all game. And don't get me wrong, the Aggies still have a lot of things to figure out. And if they don't fix a lot of these mistakes, they're going to end up losing some more games this year. But on a night when they needed their defense to play lights out, they did, even with a couple of guys out in the secondary due to either injury or suspension. A monster, monster game looms this weekend as they take on undefeated Arkansas in Cowboy Stadium in Dallas. But tip of the cap to Texas A&M's defense. Man, what a performance by them. They helped them win the game, and uh, they are one of our winners of the weekend. Another one, I threw in LSU's defense. A big home win for LSU beating Mississippi State 31-16 as Brian Kelly starts his SEC coaching career at 1-0 in the conference. And while Jaden Daniels played very well for LSU on offense, it was their defense that really gave Mike Leach and Will Rogers problems. They held Will Rogers to 24 of 42 passing for just 214 yards and a touchdown. With Jay Ward intercepting him late, they held the uh, Bulldogs rushing attack to just 75 yards on 22 rushing attempts. And they got after Will Rogers. They recorded four sacks, B.J. Ojolari and true freshman Harold Perkins, each recording half a, uh, one and a half sacks apiece. LSU fourth in the conference in sacks so far. And defense coordinator Matt House did a really good job of choosing his spots on when to dial up pressure. And they held Mike Leach's team to just three for 14 on third downs, just one for four on fourth down. Now LSU will host New Mexico this week. Should be an easy win before they head to Auburn, for their next SEC matchup. Another winner of the weekend, how about Jalen Hyatt over at Tennessee? The Vols wide receiver was outstanding in their 63-6 win over Akron. Hyatt caught five passes for 166 yards and two touchdowns. They were scoring plays of 57 yards and 48 yards in the first half. Josh Heupel, very complimentary of Hyatt after the game, saying he trusts him and he's proud of the way how uh, he played on Saturday night through three games Hyatt has almost matched his entire two previous seasons in production. Hendon Hooker looked great as well for the Vols. They racked up 676 total yards of offense. As our buddy Eric Kane, host of Locked on Vols, said, why did they even play this game? <laughs> it didn't even need to be played. But uh, Jabari Small and Cedric Tillman, they both left the game in the first half with injuries. So that is definitely something worth tracking this week. If Cedric Tillman can't go this weekend, that is going to be big for Tennessee in their game against Florida. But for the first time since Oklahoma in 2015, Tennessee sold out a non-conference game. The Vols will have two sellouts in a row. Over 101,900 fans are going to cram into Neyland Stadium for that Florida game coming up this Saturday. Another winner of the weekend, I got Will Levis. And look, when you play an opponent like Youngstown State, it certainly could have been a letdown spot coming off a big road win at Florida the week prior. But Will Levis in Kentucky took care of business. They win 31 nothing, And Levis threw for 377 yards, two touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. He did have a pair of interceptions as well. But when you consider 
the Kentucky running game has just really lacked these first few weeks without Chris Rodriguez. The onus has really been on Levis to make plays on offense, both with his arm and a time with his legs. And one of his big targets has really come through for him. Uh, that is true freshman Dane Key, who recorded six catches in this one, 90 yards and a touchdown. Key has already tied the Kentucky record for most touchdown catches by a freshman in a season. He's recorded a touchdown in each of his three career games so far. Not bad that the guy's averaging a touchdown catch a game. Well, look, Will Levis came into the season with a lot of hype surrounding him. And in my opinion, he's lived up to it so far. He's third in the SEC in passing yards behind Will Rogers and Stetson Bennett. He's tied for third in the conference at touchdown passes with six. But he also has two rushing touchdowns to go with it. One more underwhelming opponent for Kentucky this week versus Northern Illinois before a big road trip up to Ole Miss on October 1st. Another winner of the weekend, I'm giving it to Ole Miss's run game. I probably could have thrown Ole Miss's defense in this category too because they were very impressive, holding Georgia Tech to just 214 yards of offense. But this Ole Miss offense, we know is predicated on the run game. And they have been so good these first few weeks. In their 42-0 win over Georgia Tech on Saturday, the Rebels rushed for over 316 yards and six rushing touchdowns in their 42 win, uh, 42-0 win over Georgia Tech. Uh, Zach Evans was the leader with 18 carries for 134 yards and two scores. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins had 98 yards rushing and two scores. And Ulysses Bentley, he had 27 yards and two scores. Jackson Dart also had 40 yards rushing as well. And Dart looked okay at quarterback. He got the start over Luke Altmaier. Uh, threw for 207 yards with an interception. But Ole Miss, they improved to 3-0. They get Tulsa at home this week before a big showdown with Kentucky and Oxford coming up on October 1st. Another winner of the weekend, A.J. Swan. Who? Who's A.J. Swan? Well, Vanderbilt went up to Northern Illinois as a road underdog this weekend. And just last week, they got beat up by Wake Forest. Their starting quarterback, Mike Wright, got benched. And we thought, you know, maybe we would see him back starting this past weekend at Northern Illinois as he had accounted for 10 total touchdowns through the first few games. He had been playing well. But Clark Lee, talking after the game, said they just decided to make a change. A.J. Swan had been making plays at practice, and they just saw something in him and said, we're going to make a change. And so they opted to go with the true freshman, A.J. Swan, and man, did it prove to be the right move. Swan threw for 255 yards and four touchdowns. He connected with Will Shepard a ton, as Shepard had 10 catches for 171 yards and two scores to help out his freshman QB. But what a win on the road for Vandy to get the 38-28 win. They trailed by a touchdown at halftime, but they outscored the Huskies 24-7 in the second half. And Vandy improves to 3-1 on the season. Look, a lot of betting sportsbooks had Vandy over under win total at 2.5. So if you bet on that, Vandy's already surpassed their, their win total for the season. Uh, congrats to Vandy fans. That schedule is about to get a whole lot tougher. But A.J. Swan has given the doors something to be excited about. Let's see if he can keep this up. And uh, One more winner of the weekend. How about uh, Luther Burden over at Missouri? The Mizzou freshman did not do a whole lot offensively against Abilene Christian. He had three rush attempts for eight yards, six catches for 58 yards. But it was what he did in the return game, a 78-yard punt return for a touchdown that helped Mizzou get their scoring going for the day. He finished the day with four punt returns for a total of 111 yards. True freshman Luther Burden showing glimpses of awesomeness for the Tigers 
as they won the game 34-17. But I'm excited to see what Burden does against SEC competition in the next couple of weeks. And there you have it. Those are our winners of the weekend here on Locked On SEC. Thanks again for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to get to who depressed in week three of the SEC. That's coming your way in just a second. But first, I want to remind you guys about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information throughout the season. Find all of the latest football developments, game matchups, lines on all the games happening this weekend. You can find them at Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way for you to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head on over to their website today. You can even do so on your Mobile device, learn all about the trends and action going. In fact, we're going to get into a lot of the lines throughout this week on some of the games happening. Of course, uh, Tennessee, Florida is going to get a lot of attention, but we will get you started on all of it, and BetOnline can get you started on those games and getting in on the action this weekend. Just head over to BetOnline, and you can find out everything you need to start uh, start making a little money, start Doing some, uh, you know, getting in on the action as the games get going. And a reminder, it is bet online, and it is where the game starts. All right, continue on here, locked on SEC, and man, we got to jump right back into it because we got a lot to discuss on who depressed in Week Three in the SEC. I mean, look, we had our winners of the weekend. But we had some people who depressed us this weekend, who disappointed. Won't go as far to call them losers of the weekend, but you can call them that if you want. We got to start with Spencer Rattler. I could have just said the entire South Carolina team here, but through three weeks, I'm pretty disappointed in what we've seen out of Spencer Rattler so far. In this game this week, Rattler was 13 for 25 for just 118 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. Spencer Rattler currently leads the SEC in interceptions thrown with five. He is the second most sacked quarterback in the SEC. He's been sacked nine times, and Georgia didn't even sack him in this one. He has just two passing touchdowns on the season, and for a guy that, you know, a little over a year ago was the preseason Heisman favorite last year at Oklahoma, he has not dramatically improved that quarterback spot for the Gamecocks like a lot of us thought. I mean, look, from Luke Doty to... You know, the grad assistant that they threw out there last year. I thought Spencer Rattler would be playing a lot better right now. I do want to give a hat tip to the South Carolina fans. I thought they showed up and showed out to support their team at the start of this one. The Gamecock football team just did not show up for them. Another deep rest of the weekend. How about Auburn, man? In Auburn's first big test of the season, Man, did they look awful. T.J. Finley and the offense were just straight up bad early on in this one. I thought the Auburn defense played with really good effort in that first half to keep it close. But after halftime, well, really on the second offensive drive, we saw Finley throw an interception a few drives later. Auburn with a promising drive that ended in a fumble by Shedrick Jackson. They were still only down 14-6 to at the half. Start of the second half, T.J. Finley gets sacked. Auburn goes three and out. Penn State answers with a touchdown. The next drive, Finley is sacked again and fumbles. So he gets pulled for Robbie Ashford. And trailing by 18, Robbie Ashford takes Auburn all the way down to the Penn State 12. But he gets sacked sacked, and then throws an interception of his own. Penn State answers with two more touchdown drives. It was just an ugly day for Auburn overall, and the game really got away from them 
but it was exacerbated by how awful the offense was. Look, Tank Bigsby had nine carries for 39 yards, but Auburn could not keep drives going long enough to even get him the ball consistently. Auburn has got a massive quarterback problem, and the solution is not clear. Do you continue to stick it out with Finley? Do you switch to Robbie Ashford, who's had some you know, good, some bad. He certainly has the running ability. And we haven't even seen any of Zach Calzada, who was A&M starter a year ago, who some people thought would come in and win the Auburn starting job. So next up for Auburn, it's a home game against Missouri. And, man, this feels like a big one that Auburn's got to win. I know you look at it and go, not the sexiest matchup. But, God, if Auburn wants to keep this season from going sideways, it's one that they have to have. Another deep press of the weekend. I'm putting Arkansas's defense in here, particularly Arkansas's secondary. And, look, we need to start this by saying Arkansas did find a way to win this game. They beat Missouri State 38-27. to They scored 21 fourth-quarter points to put it away and improve to 3-0. But the return of Bobby Petrino was a little scary. <laughs> he gave them uh, a scare late in this one, but... I've talked about each week how I have concerns about the Arkansas secondary. They've now given up over 300-yard passing days to the opposing quarterback in each of their three games played. Cincinnati's Ben Bryant did it. Spencer Rattler did it in week two. And now Jason Shelley of Missouri State threw for 357 yards on this on this defense. Um, I know they've had some big injuries to Jalen Catalan, again, losing him for the year. Miles Slusher has been out. But I would like to see this Arkansas secondary improve as the season goes along. Now, they maybe get a break this week in facing Aggie quarterback Max Johnson. And let me just say now, if Max Johnson throws for 300 yards on Arkansas, then they really have problems. But let me give Arkansas's pass rush some credit. They've been very good. They had eight sacks in this game, two and a half from Drew Sanders. They got after it. But, man, I would like to see them stop giving up 300-yard passing days. But most importantly, Arkansas, they are 3-0, still undefeated, and big, big SEC matchup this weekend. Another disappointed of the weekend, Anthony Richardson at Florida. Another case of a guy who didn't play great, but his team still won as Florida hung on to beat South Florida 31-28. But after that spectacular week one performance and a win over Utah, Anthony Richardson has looked subpar these past two weeks against the Bulls. He was just 10 of 18 passing for only 112 yards with no touchdowns and two interceptions. His running ability in week one has gone away as well. He had seven rush attempts for just 24 yards this week. Richardson ranks dead last among SEC starting quarterbacks in passing yards and has zero passing touchdowns through the first three weeks. I'll say that again. Anthony Richardson has not thrown a touchdown pass. I like Richardson a lot. It just seems like they're not finding the right ways to use him offensively. Remember a year ago, it felt like whenever Richardson touched the ball, something special would happen. Now a year later, and there's not much of anything happening. Billy Napier is going to have to go back to the drawing board and find ways to get Richardson going as they face a tough road test this weekend in Knoxville. I know some people saying he was a little banged up early in that Kentucky game, and ever since then they've kind of stopped running him as much. If that's the case, then they got to find ways to improve his passing because one of his big assets is the running ability. And if he can't do that, I don't know if things are going to improve for Anthony Richardson and the Florida Gators. Another deep press of the weekend. I'm throwing Mike Leach in here. I know Death Valley is a hostile environment and a tough place to play, but I was pretty disappointed by Mike Leach's game plan going into this one. Will Rogers leads the SEC 
in passing yards and passing touchdowns, and he was just very limited in this one. It was Rodgers' lowest passing total in a game since his freshman year. And I just didn't like a lot of Leach's decisions. They went for it on all these fourth downs. I thought they should have had, you know, put in more crossing routes, give Rodgers some more shallow options to kind of curtail LSU's pass, pass rush. I know the group of receivers are still very green for Mississippi State. They got to find ways to get them the ball in space more. But now you start 0-1 in SEC play, uh, play this year. Mike Leach is now just 7-12 and in conference games as an SEC coach. He is just 13-14 and overall since coming to Starkville. And if you dig deep on some message boards, I think you may find some Bulldog fans posting, bring back Dan Mullen. Mike Leach, time to turn it around. Uh, one more deep press of the week. I threw Jimmy Calloway in here, the Vols wide receiver. He was ejected in the third quarter when he threw about five punches at an Akron defender. Akron cornerback Tyson Durant appeared to grab Calloway's face mask after blocking him downfield. And the Tennessee wide receiver threw a couple of punches, hit Durant's helmet a couple of times. Callaway received two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties on the play. I don't know what's going to happen with him, but I know Josh Heupel was not very happy with him. So we'll see what happens uh, punishment-wise for him. But not great. Not what you want, especially when you're playing in a team like Akron, Jimmy Callaway. Clean it up. And one more I'll just throw in there. Not really depressed by Bryce Young's performance so far. And keep in mind, I'm, this is a stretch. But I've got some Alabama friends who are not pleased with what we've seen out of Bryce Young, the Alabama offense so far. And this is crazy saying it just beat UL Monroe like 62-7 to seven or whatever it was. Uh, but Bryce Young currently ranks 7th in the SEC in total passing yards. If I had told you that before the season, that three weeks into this year, Bryce Young would be ranked 7th in the SEC in passing, this is the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. I think we'd be scratching our heads going, well, what went wrong? Nothing's really gone wrong for Alabama other than playing a close game against Texas where the offense wasn't clicking as much. But it looks like Bryce starting to maybe develop a little bit more chemistry with some of these rece- receivers, Trayshawn Holden and others. Uh, when they get an SEC play, we're going to see true test comes out there. But, uh, yeah, who would have thought Bryce Young would be seventh in the SEC in passing in three weeks in. All right. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll get to the latest AP poll rankings. That in just a second. All right, continue on here, Locked On SEC. Let's jump into it because the uh, the AP poll has come out or came out on Sunday and uh, not a whole lot of shocking developments. We really didn't have a whole lot of uh, upsets over the weekend, but the AP Top 25 college football poll is out. Will Anderson, of course, scored his first career touchdown with a pick six for Alabama. Uh, Bryce Young threw for three scores, added another one on the ground. Stetson Bennett. Uh, Through two touchdowns to Brock Bowers. And, of course, Michigan, Ohio State, they both look pretty good as well. So how it shapes up is Georgia's number one, Alabama number two, Ohio State three, Michigan four, Clemson five. So that's your top five. Oklahoma and USC hanging tough at six and seven. They both keep winning, but their schedules are going to get a lot tougher here very soon. Here's what ESPN writes about Georgia at number one. It says the Bulldogs have earned that number one ranking. Their defense, despite losing five first-round picks from last year, is absurdly talented. Even with star lineman Jalen Carter, who's been limited with an injury, they harassed South Carolina all afternoon on Saturday. 
and the offense anchored by Stetson Bennett is incredibly effective. But if we're nitpicking, one area to keep an eye on, it's the run game, which hasn't really hit their stride yet through three games for Georgia. ESPN's right up on Alabama. They say uh, all was not solved in the 63-7 thrashing of Louisiana Monroe, but then again, what can the Tide really prove against a cupcake at home? The checklist remains as it was post-Texas. Fix the O-line, find playmakers at receiver, and cut down on mental mistakes. With a home game against Vandy next week, Alabama has another week to make corrections before they go on the road to Arkansas. The next SEC team in the AP poll rankings, Kentucky is ranked number eight. They are up one spot from number nine a week ago. Shout out Youngstown State. And Chris Lowe says the Wildcats 3-0 with three straight double-digit wins after a 31-0 shutout of Youngstown. And they'll face another team that we have really favored against in Northern Illinois. Then comes the teeth of the SEC schedule. Starts on the trip to Ole Miss. And then the Wildcats will be at full strength when they get their running back Chris Rodriguez Jr. back. So, Again, Kentucky hanging strong in the top 10. Arkansas remaining at number 10. Bill Connolly writes with AM, Alabama, and a three game road trip on deck. It probably goes without saying that Arkansas cannot afford another dismal start like the one they just had against Missouri State. They proved their resilience. The offense ended up gaining 600 yards, and the coaches have something to yell about in practice. But now the tests get much, much harder. Behind them, it is the Tennessee Vols. They come in at number 11. This is up four spots. Tennessee was number 15. They move up to number 11. Gosh, when's the last time Tennessee was ranked 11th in the AP poll? But uh, Chris Lowe says, one game never makes a season, but Tennessee could set itself up for one of the best seasons it's had in a while with a win this Saturday when Florida comes to town. The Vols have improved steadily under Josh Heupel, but the measuring stick for any any Tennessee coach will always be how he fares against Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. Even some of Tennessee's best teams have stumbled against the Gators over the years, but the Vols have a chance to break that curse at home. Coming in at number 16, the Ole Miss Rebels up four spots from number 20. A week ago, they shut out Georgia Tech. Alex Scarborough says, We didn't learn much about the Rebels' quarterback situation against Georgia Tech because of a stellar showing by the defense and a big run, a big game from the running backs. The passing game was able to take a back seat. So it's another week of... Is it Jackson Dart or is it Luke Allmeyer? Dart appears to have the edge, having attempted all but three passes against Tech. It should be said that Dart wasn't especially sharp. Altmeyer coming off of that injury against Central Arkansas. Florida Gators, despite winning, they dropped two spots in the AP poll. They're down from number 18 down to number 20. Andrea Adelson writes, Nothing about the last few weeks has inspired much confidence about which version of the Gators will show up to play Tennessee and Knoxville. The defense has played well at times, at others, it's allowed the opposition to run right through them. Meanwhile, Florida has simply been unable to get anything going with their passing offense. Anthony Richardson, zero touchdown passes to four interceptions on the year. Relying on the run game will only get them so far in SEC play. And rounding out the AP poll, Texas A&M Aggies coming at number 23. That's up one spot from 24. I think it's a little not fair to just bring them up one spot after you beat the number 13 team in the country, but it says... Uh, Arkansas broke a nine-game losing streak to the Aggies last year, holding them to just 10 points this year. The Razorbacks come in riding high with a top-10 ranking. They had their hands full with Bobby Petrino. Arkansas quarterback KZ Jefferson is going to test this Aggies defense, and the offense is going to have to keep up with the Hogs' quick-stride abilities. So A&M up to number 23, but some people holding out uh, judgment on them, saying, eh, not sold just yet. Go beat Arkansas, 
then we'll move you back up in these rankings, Texas A&M. And there you have it. That is the latest with the AP poll uh, rankings with a handful of SEC teams hanging around in there. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. I'm Chris Gordy. Uh, made us your first listen. Now go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network where we cover your team every day. We've got Locked On Bama, Locked On Georgia, Locked On Rebels, Locked On basically whatever SEC team you're looking for. We got you covered. Go search for it wherever you get your podcasts. Like I said, I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked On SEC. Plenty of big games in the conference to get ready for this weekend. We'll be pre- previewing them all. We'll have our experts stopping in to make their picks and give us their uh, inside as well. Talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC.